I want to preach, especially after hearing that singing. I really do. And it's funny how when you ask, uh, the Lord give me a sermon this afternoon. I mean, and I thought, man, I wish I just, but anyhow, there'll be another time to preach this. So uh, come on, Brother Dylan, and get ready. This thing's on. Y'all pray for Brother Dylan. I appreciate Brother Dylan, don't you? And um, uh, he is a, a fine young man. He loves the Lord. He's a hard worker, and uh, and that's that's going to take him a long way in life. But but he loves the Lord, and uh, and pray for him. Um, standing before a crowd like this and preaching is is a very intimidating thing, and especially when you're young. And um, just pray God would touch him. And don't listen to him like a young preacher. Listen to him as a preacher. And uh, Samuel was eight years old when he began to minister to the Lord, and the word of the Lord became became precious in those days. And Samuel preached as an eight-year-old boy. And you better listen to him just like you would anyone else. We're doing. Um, I just want to thank Brother Martin and the church for allowing me to preach tonight. Um, thank Brother Martin for um, the thing he set up um, Saturday and Friday. It was a great help. Um, I'll be in James chapter 1. James, a, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve scribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brother, encounter it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let, pa- but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him, let, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, and tossed. Um, Dear Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day, Lord, that you given to us, Lord, and you please allow us, Lord, to have a good day or rest day, Lord, and you please help me, Lord, to say what you want me to say, Lord, not what I want to say, Lord, and please direct my words, Lord, and help me to say what you want me to say, Lord, and please help everyone, Lord, to uh, get what, what I'm trying to get across, Lord, and in just name, amen. Amen. Um, I want to be talking about wisdom. Um, first of all, what is wisdom? Wisdom is, um, wisdom is knowing what to do and when to do it. Um, a lot of people mistake wisdom and knowledge up mixed together. Knowledge is facts, knowing facts. Um, and wisdom is knowing what to do with those facts and when to do it. Um, and then wisdom is more precious than silver and gold. Um, and, and, and is the principal thing. Um, the word principal means the main chief. Um, it, it is important to get wisdom. Um, and then, uh, second of all, how to get wisdom. And verse 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Verse 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, we need to lack wisdom in order to get wisdom. Wisdom comes from God, not, not of ourselves. Um, so pretty much you've got to tell yourself this, I have no wisdom. Um, it, wisdom comes from God. Um, um, for example, um, Solomon, Solomon, um, asked God or God told Solomon that he, um, you can ask anything in the world, anything. Um, he didn't choose silver or gold. Um, he didn't. He didn't choose anything else but wisdom. He right. saw the importance of right. wisdom, um, but also by saying he wanted wisdom, was also declaring that he had no wisdom. Right. And we should do the same. Right. 
Um, and then secondly, it says, let him ask of God. Um, you need to ask God for wisdom. Right. Um, you can't go up to someone and say, hey, give me, give me wisdom. I mean, you can go ask for advice, but ultimately you need to ask God for wisdom. Right. Um, and don't be scared to ask God for wisdom because it says, uh, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. He'll give it to everyone right. that asketh. And he giveth freely. Uh, liberally, uh, freely. Um, so pretty much it's like, having no wisdom or all the wisdom that God gives you. Um, God's not going to hold back his wisdom, wisdom toward, for you um, if you ask. Um, and then verse 6, Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Um, you need to ask in faith, um, knowing and believing that God will give it to you. Um, and then um, nothing with nothing wavering, meaning no doubt. Right. Um, that word wavering means you doubt or hesitate. Um, we, we don't need to hesitate. Say that God gives us the wisdom. We don't need to hesitate like, oh, I don't know. That's doubting. That's hesitating. Right. We do not need to hesitate on what God tells us. Right. Um, and he tells us um, it's a warning that for he that... Um, for he, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. He tells us, um, your life is going to be chaotic, um, like, a, like a wave in the sea driven with the wind. It's chaotic. Um, um, chaotic, not knowing what to do or when to do something. Um, say that you want to go up to someone and witness to them. And you have all the knowledge about Jesus and all that, but you have no wisdom of how to proceed it and how to, uh, or when to do it. Right. Um, that's why it's important to have wisdom. Right. Um, then, so the three point, the three things in order to get wisdom, you must uh, lack wisdom and know that it comes from God. Ask God for wisdom. Ask in faith, knowing and believing that God will give it to you and nothing wavering. Um, something, uh, something else like wisdom is something similar is salvation. Um, you, um, salvation comes from the Lord, right. just like wisdom does. Right. Um, so you must realize I, um, you have no salvation right. except through Jesus Christ. Um, and secondly, you must ask God for uh, salvation, not of man or works, but right. of God. Right. Um, and then thirdly, um, ask in faith, knowing and believing that the scriptures are true and that Jesus can save you and will save you. Brother Martin. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that, Brother Dylan. You know, there is a wisdom that's not from above. Uh, the Bible talks about earthly, sensual wisdom. Uh, you know, we've all known lost people that were wise as far as the things of the world. And how many of you knew some, know someone or knew someone like that? But that's not the kind of wisdom the Bible's speaking about. And uh, Jesus told the disciples that they were to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And if there's ever been a day that we need wisdom, it's right now. Right. And, and he, he nailed it on the head. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Uh, no, no, knowledge, discernment is no, or understanding is knowing 
what's right and what's wrong. The difference between right and being able to discern, understand. Knowledge is knowing facts or knowing the truth, but wisdom is how to use it. How many of you know, or how many, I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of us, if we'd be honest, would say at some point in our time we've had, we've said the right thing, uh, but we said it at the wrong time and in the wrong way. And uh, the Bible says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. And, and, and how do we know when it's time to say, the, or the, the, how does just be, how can we, how do we know? It's wisdom. And um, any of you like wisdom? That's good, Brother Dylan. I appreciate that. The kids, the girls, the young ladies are going to sing, so pray for them. And then Brother Mike's going to preach for us too, so pray for him. And um, <clears throat> pray for these young ladies. They sing. <laughs> This world feels every day And I missed out on a broken home That would steal my joy away And I missed out on all the things They said I'd miss out on Oh, but somehow I have a heart at peace All their good times are gone Cause I've been sheltered by His grace Protected by the prayers of those who always sought his face. And in a world of shifting sand, I can hold on to their hands. For they've guided me on how to run this race. And as the years go on, I'm sheltered by his grace. can take the sin away that stained us over years and grace can keep a love that's pure from shedding bitter tears and the grace has brought me safe this far will safely lead me on for the truth that they be still in me will last when they are gone Protected by the prayers of those who always sought his face. And in a world of shifting sand, I can hold on to their hand. For they've guided me on how to run this race. And as the years go on, I'm sheltered by his grace. For a pastor who's not afraid to take a stand And I'm grateful for a faithful dad Who walks with Jesus hand in hand And I'm thankful for a mom who cares And keeps her place at home For today I walk the path they trod And pray my children follow on Cause I've been sheltered by Protected by the prayers of those who always sought his face. And in a world of shifting sand, 
people make fun of church people or try to raise their kids and they say well you're sheltering um, I believe we ought to shelter our kids and um, this pushing them out and pushing them in and, and uh, they're going to be exposed at some point in time no matter how much you uh, protect them but the longer we can keep them I believe the better off they are and, uh, and maybe anyway I'm not going to get into that but Brother Mike's going to preach I love and appreciate Brother Mike Miss Amy and Miss Bethany uh, they've been a blessing to our church, and uh, I love when people come. And, and I've seen this more in this church than in any other church I've ever. Most churches I've been a part of, someone comes to church and it takes, you know, six months. You know, it takes a long before they really get get in. And uh, but I've seen it more here than anywhere else where uh, people and they just get. And it's like they've always been here, and that's the way it's been with them. And they've been a blessing to us. And uh, I've had a lot of people come and say, boy, Brother Mike sure taught a good lesson. Huh? And well, when, when's he going to preach? Well, um, I, I've actually, Brother Mike's been struggling with his health. Y'all know that. And he needs your prayers tonight. And um, and uh, and so uh, this morning I asked him, I said, well, could, could you? he said, I, I'll give it my best. So y'all pray for him and listen to him tonight. Brother Mike, you come preach for us. All right. Appreciate the opportunity to, to preach tonight. And uh Blessing to uh, be a part of this church. Yeah. I um, think this is rough. Boy, you should have seen me at the funeral. That's pretty rough. <laughs> the Lord gave me strength. I'm blessed to be a part of the church. I, I love this church we were homeless for a nearly a year looking for a church you don't just go down the road and find a church you can find a, you can find a church what's called a church but you can't find the spirit of god everywhere that's all the difference right there first thing i noticed when we walked in this church spirit of god yeah, I'd get on my knees. I told the Lord, God, if you don't do something, I'm going to die. You have got to help me or I'm going to die. My wife and I, we drove uh, three hours. Me and my wife and my daughter drove three hours over to Arkansas. We, we found a church over there I found on the Internet. and We drove over there, and, man, they preached. And the Spirit of God is there, and it's like, man, this is good. We'll move here. We'll move. I, I started talking to the pastor. I said, hey, pray for us. We'll move here. I can't find a church anywhere. And um, there's a lot of people that think they got a good church, but they come to go. Yeah. There is nothing spiritual going on, right. okay? Jesus has walked out of the church like, the, like he did at the church at uh, Laodicea, and they don't even know it. And uh, we came back that night. We got back about uh, whatever time, 1 o'clock in the morning at the house and stuff. And I was thanking the Lord for the services that night. And, and um, we began to, uh, I, I just, I, I had searched again one more time on the Internet. And I found, 
Unity Baptist Church. And I saw the pastor preaching, but I decided still to come. And, <laughs> and uh, I saw the pastor preaching, and I said, man, I, we, I, I don't know why this church hadn't come up before in the search. And, uh, of course, it was all God's timing. Everything has to be God's timing. But I want to tell you, I was ready. Oh, it takes you an hour to get here. Man, that's the best hour I got. I tell you, I listen to some good gospel music or preaching. By the time I'm coming in, I'm ready to worship when we get here. And um, second thing I noticed was the friendliness of this church, uh, particularly Brother Hobbs. And I wish he was here tonight. I know y'all give him a lot of flack, but I, I tell you, that man right there made an impression on me when I walked in the door of a friendliness this church. He talked to me. We had been in so many different churches. Ain't nobody yeah. spending time. Good to have you with us. And they go on, you know. Yeah. And um, I like his amens and things that he puts back here. And I tell you, when he passes on, going to miss that. You know, you're going to miss all these little things when people pass on. Of course, I may pass on before he does, but... but um, I remember, I appreciate that, and I appreciate the friendliness of the entire church, and I certainly appreciate the young people, the good mixture of people here, and the choir, the young people singing, and and I certainly appreciate the preaching, and not afraid to preach the Word of God like it is, and I, that's what I hunger for. We, everything else, I mean, I'm thankful for, but it's that preaching that makes all the difference in the world right there is the preaching. And I appreciate the pastor. I thank you, for, Pastor, for letting, allowing me to preach in your pulpit tonight. I know I guard my pulpit dearly, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to preach. Thank you, Dylan, Brother Dylan. I appreciate the message tonight. And uh, the, door, the devil will be on your case after you're done, and, and uh, he'll do that to the day you die, because it's always that way, no matter how long you've been preaching. All you can do is give it to God and say, Lord, any mess up you take, any glory you get it all, and I'm leaving it right there, and I'm forgetting it. And you go on. But um, I know it's hot in here. It really is hot in here. And I, I was just, uh, I would imagine the Lord would meet with us in a fellowship hall. I don't know if he would or not, but I, he probably would. But he probably don't matter to him. I remember we started a church in Oregon out there. And um, we got into a building. They were meet with, There was a, a new church plant. And they were meeting in a Masonic Lodge. Well, it was full of demons. I was ready to get out of there as soon as, as soon as we could. And. We um, got the chance to get out of that, and we got out of that, and we met. We, we got our own little building. It was just a, um, you know, steel building, and uh, there was nothing in it at all, just concrete. There was nothing finished in there and stuff. We got in there, and and as quickly as we could, we bought chairs and everything like that, and and uh, it was winter time, and man, it was freezing in that building. I mean, it was cold, cold, cold. I mean, just to the bone, chilling. And people would just bring blankets and, and, and just bring blankets to, 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 to cover themselves up on. And uh, you could see when people breathe, just, this, just the cold would just come out. And uh, a couple of our men said, we'll bring some of uh, those cookers. You know, we put the cookers on and stuff like that. It did nothing. It helped mind over matter. But I want to tell you, we knew it was there, but it made no difference whatsoever. <laughs> And I appreciate that still because I want to tell you those people when you when you go outside and you start a church, particularly if you start outside the Bible Belt, 
those people are serious about it. If, if, they come in, if they're coming to your church and you're preaching the word of God, they're serious. And uh, they didn't care. They didn't care how long we preached, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. It does not matter. We're here because we're hungry for the word of God. I, I feel like that here in our church here too. I appreciate that, that it's got that kind of spirit. You can always tell the kind of the spirit of a church by how quick people depart after the services. <laughs> and I know sometimes you have to go, but I appreciate the, uh, the fellowship. I dearly love the church, and uh, I'm thankful to be a part. Turn in your copy of God's precious word to Revelation chapter 3. I have been at a struggle on exactly which way to go because I don't. I'm not preaching all the time now, and I remember this. Uh, I wrote this down from John Broadus. He used to. Uh, he was one of the first presidents of uh, Southern Seminary way back in the day before the Civil War, and uh, he wrote this down. He said, "God pity the poor preacher who has to hunt something to preach." and the people who have to listen. Yeah. I've been under around a lot of preachers like that. Yeah. Mark Twain, you've heard of Mark Twain. He, he heard a preacher one time, and he said he never charged nothing for his preaching, and it was worth it, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's two kind of preachers, those that preach from the Word and those that preach the Word. You can get some help from both of them, but those that preach the word are where you get the most help. I pray the Lord will help us tonight as we look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I trust the Lord to help us tonight as we uh, preach his word tonight. The church at Philadelphia is one of my favorite churches in all the Bible. It's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. And uh, it's the kind of church that I modeled, uh, every church that I pastored to try to model that type of church right there. Uh, this church and the church at Smyrna, as you know, uh, is the only church, churches that were not rebuked by the Lord for anything. This was probably the smallest of all the churches because it said they had little strength. 
And, um, you know, numbers don't always count, you know, but we ought to make all the numbers count. Amen. I think God was letting this church know that little is much when God is in it. And uh, do we have a paper towel, uh, a tissue I can get real quick? Right there. Right there. Right there. Amen. Amen. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you. So this church right here, um, the Bible says that they had little strength. Now, it takes me a little while to get to get off the runway here, okay? So let me see if I can't uh, to go on. Pastor said I had 15 minutes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust through this quickly. <laughs> so uh, look at this church right here. What kind of people were these people? These were dynamic people. Wow. And I'm just going to set this up for you. He said, for thou hast a little strength. That word strength, as you might may know, is that word... Uh, you probably have heard this, that Greek word dunamis, and we get our word dynamite from that. And a lot of people say that's the word dynamite. But of course, they didn't know what dynamite was back in the Bible days, so he wouldn't talk about dynamite because they didn't know that. And so what, but what they did know, what that word means is dynamo. It's talking about a power, a transforming power is what it's talking about there. He said they had a little strength, and this is, uh, this is what happens when you get saved, talking about the change that... Uh, uh, Brother um, Drew mentioned, Pastor, and and uh, Miss Christie men mentioned uh, uh, tonight. When you get saved, there's a change because there is a transforming power that comes upon you. In Acts one eight, he said, "And you shall receive power." That is that same word, dunamis. There, that transforming power. We know who that is. That transforming power is the Spirit of God. And I have found the people that God uses most are people that have been transformed by the power of Almighty God. Now these were dynamic people, but they were a dependent people. He said they had a little strength. You know, people that are are, are have little strength are become dependent people. I do uh, Medicare insurance, as, as you know, and the, and the majority of my pe clients are retired people. And I've seen, seen them go from strength to, to down to nothing, and then many of them pass away. And I have noticed that the older they get or the weaker they get, the more dependent they get on other people. You know, that's the way we all as a church, we are dependent. We are. We may be. We may have a little strength, but we're dependent people. We need each other always. Well, this church knew that their strength was the Lord Jesus, and uh, because they depended on the word of the Lord, verse eight, and they depended on the Lord of the word, the word of the Lord and the Lord of the word. I want you to notice in verses 9 through 12, seven times God's I wills are mentioned in that passage. I'm not going to read all of them, but God said, I will, I will, I will do all these various things. Now, keep in mind, according to the first uh, chapter 2, the Bible says that Jesus is in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. That is exactly where we want the Lord Jesus to be at, amen. We want him to be in the center of the church, amen. It's all about him, amen. That's one thing about the Methodist church. They have their pulpit moved to the side. And when I was down at the funeral down there, the pastor was on that one side and he preached his message, which I was surprised that uh, that it was a good that it was good that it was a good gospel presentation. Prior to that, though, he told me that nobody None of us can really know if we're going to heaven or not. And I thought to myself, well, you can know 
for sure if you're going. So when I got on the on the, this side, I made sure to tell them you can know for sure if you've been born again. Amen. I'm glad we can know, but we are dependent people. God is in the midst of the church, and that's how you know uh, where, that God it's a God-centered church, that, that people are dependent on the Lord is when he is the center of everything. Wow. It, it blows my mind how, the, how Jesus could walk out of the church at Laodicea and uh, nobody even knew he was out. He's outside knocking to get back in the church. That, that's amazing to me. Right. They were a deliberate people. He said they had a little strength, but they were busy about God's work. The Bible says there that that word uh, work, he said, I know thy works. And that word works is where we get our word energy from. And, um, uh, you know, so we can be, we can have a little strength. But it's no excuse not to be working for God, amen. There's always something we can do for God. In fact, the greatest thing we can do is to labor together in prayer, amen. Real prayer takes a lot of work, amen. I mean, there's so many people that need to be saved that we need God to see God do some great and mighty things for it. And uh, prayer requests tonight were uh, benching and stuff. I mean, we have got that. We are dependent on God doing things. Never in my life have I ever seen this Bible become more alive than it is today. It's amazing to me. And uh, people say, well, everything going on in the world and they get discouraged. Man, you need to turn the news off. Amen. You need to open up the book. Man, amen. We in the best times ever. Amen. I mean, this is exciting time. This is the times we can see God begin to shake people to their core and show them their need that without Christ, they're going to bust hell wide open. We ought to be shining bright as a church in the dark days, not closing our doors. And where's the church at? We ought to be seen. Amen. So this church right here is the church that God is going to open doors for. And the Lord help me tonight. That's what I want to preach on tonight. The church that God opens doors for. First of all, this church is a church that loves the scriptures. Verse eight says, "He said, I know thou." He said, "I know thou works." At the little at the end part of that verse, he said, "Has kept my word." He said, "In verse ten, because thou hast kept the word of my patience." He said, "So this is a church that loves the scriptures." I want to tell you, after I got born again, one of the the first thing that was in my heart was I had a love for the Word of God. Before I even knew there was a King James Bible, my aunt had given me the Living Bible. I didn't know anything about all that, but I, I read I, I read it a little bit back back then before I got saved. But after I got saved, I told my pastor, "This is the only Bible I had, a Living Bible." So he went and bought me a King James Bible. Amen. And I want to tell you, at, at, at that time, we had. Um, Different. Everybody was had their own favorite Bible verses and all that kind of stuff. And I said, "Man, I gotta find me my favorite Bible verse. What verse in that Bible talks about me?" And I would go up every time I could. We'd have a meeting. I'd go up and get preachers to sign my Bible. I mean, we'd go to Camp Zimmer, on Mississippi. Sign, I'd get every preacher sign my Bible. Uh, Brother Dylan, I don't care how old they were, how young we were, if they got up and preached the word of God, I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted them in my book. They were men of God. I wanted them, I wanted, I wanted something in my book from the message they had given to me in the, in the word. It was like, man, how can they, sh- where, where did that come from? And, and a pastor was reading something the other day out of the word. It's like, man, I have never seen that in the Bible in my, in my, in my life. And I read it through 
you know, many times, but I've never seen that. That's the way the Bible is. It's alive, amen. They love the scriptures. The Bible says they kept the scriptures. That word keep means to keep the eye on, to guard the scriptures. They were a people that loved looking at the Bible. They, they, they loved to look at the Bible. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.21, let them not depart from thine eyes, he said. In Deuteronomy chapter 11.18, he said, therefore shall you look uh, uh, up, up these uh, my word, let me just turn over to that one. I, I wrote that down and that's done smeared off my page here. <laughs> let me uh, look at that one. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. He said, therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontless between your eyes. And of course, I'm not talking about when I say we ought to turn off the news, things like that. We ought to know what's going on. We ought to certainly pray for, for those in Afghanistan and all that type of stuff like that. But I'm telling you that more importantly, we need to be in this book. Amen. We need to be devouring the word of God. We ought to keep our eyes on on this book. It is the most important thing. David said, I, I, I count it above treasure, he said. It's the greatest treasure uh, there is, he said, in the book of Psalm 119, over and over again. He said, I, I, I count it more than uh, the finest of gold, he said. They were looking at looking at the word. They, they, they were, the church at Sardis was told to hold fast the word. They were about ready to let the word slip. They were living the word. That word kept also means to keep as in practicing the word. Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe. That word observe is the same Greek word as the word kept here. It means to practice, amen. Somebody taught these people here how to practice the word of God, amen. Like the person he referred about tithing, told him how to tithe. I remember my wife and I, when I got saved, started, started tithing. I remember my wife and I, after we first got married, man, I remember the first time we ever got to tithe on hundred dollars. They're like, man, I'm tithing a hundred dollars. Amen. I tithed that hundred dollars. I was on staff at the church, so the pastor knew what I was making. Anyway, he came back. He said, oh, don't worry about it. He said, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and give you that back in your salary and stuff like that. And I said, well, I'm going to give it back. I'm not taking that back. That's God's right there. So he wouldn't tell me it wasn't God's. He was just telling me because he knew we didn't have much or nothing like that. But, but I tell you, somebody gave us a chair and I put that chair. It was a chair like this right here. And I put that chair on the back of my truck and we was taking it to the apartment. And uh, by the time I got to the apartment, it had blew off the back of the truck, so I went back to get it, and all the legs were off of it. So I had a Chinese chair. I just put my feet down. We had it like that for months at a time, you know. It didn't matter. It was just, it was just not. We had our own little place, you know. But um, we ought to observe the Word of God. You know, people have to be, that's part of the great commandment, of the great commission. We ought to teach people. We ought to, to get people saved. Of course, God saved. We ought to witness the people. God saves them. We're to baptize them. And then we're to teach them all things. They need to learn the Word of God. Amen. That's how you keep the Word of God. Um, the Bible tells us right here, not only were they looking at it, living it, they were loving it. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep, that's that same word, keep my commandments. That's what he said. I remember, you know, of course, the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's what he says. And if we really love the Lord, we will keep his word, amen. 
Um, Acts 17, 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. And uh, this is what we ought to do, amen. We ought to read the word every day. You know, the people used to read through the Bible many times in a year. It only takes 84 verses a day to read through the Bible one time in the entire year. The average reader, that would take about 15 minutes. You say, well, I'm a below average reader. Okay, what if it took you 30 minutes a day to read 84 verses? I mean, just 30 minutes after all God gives us. You know what I'm saying? I'm not judging people like that. I'm just saying that it makes a difference, amen, if we don't keep the word. And, and this word is the most precious thing we have on the face of this earth right here. Right. Not only were they a church that loved, loved the scriptures, they loved the Savior. The Bible says in verse 8 there that uh, has not denied my name, he said. Of course, they were living in different times. They were not living in America like we are, where they had the freedoms. We are about the only nation uh, ever to have such freedom as we have to, to worship the Lord and to preach the word. They didn't have that in Bible days. In fact, when you got saved in the Bible and you got baptized, you basically signed your death warrant because you were on Paul, Saul's list to come after you. They went in from house to house hailing people and, and beating people and putting them to the, into, into jail because they were saved. You know, it doesn't cost us anything to be a Christian today, but it costs them something. But I want to tell you, there's coming a time, and I guarantee you those people that are truly saved over in Afghanistan, they ain't playing around over there. I mean, they're truly born. If, they're, if they have called on the name of the Lord, they, uh, they're not going to deny his name. They'll die first before right. that. Yeah. That word deny means to disavow or to contradict. And you know a lot of people contradict by the way they live. This is what kept me from getting saved uh, many times and from even going to church. And I didn't grow up in church, but though, but I went to, I hung out with some that went to church and they would go to the Methodist church and like that. And I'd smoke dope, they'd be smoking dope. I'd do cocaine, they'd be doing cocaine and all these things. And they go to church. Well, I'm not going to get up from a hangover and go to church if it's not done anything to you. And then I see one of my friends one night, I was sharing this in Sunday school this morning. I was filling my car up with gas and he came out and, and uh, I hadn't seen him in a while, but he used to do cocaine and all that kind of stuff too. And he said, Mike, Mike. He said, man, Jesus is coming back. Yeah. He said, and you need to be saved. And if you don't get saved, you're going to be left behind in the tribulation. He started talking about all that stuff. And you're going to take the mark of the beast. And then you're going to die and go to hell. And I was like, man, I had to go home. I mean, it messed my night up. I had to go home. But I want to tell you something. something I saw something different about Daryl. Daryl's hair was different. He was dressed different. He looked different. He talked different. He, he had a shine about him. And, and it, I couldn't get away from that. I was so mixed up with that in and out of jail. And, and uh, I, would, I would just uh, wake up. I didn't even know where I would be, where, I, where I'd be at. Sometimes I had to walk inside a store and find out where am I. And um, I remember I was under such conviction. And, and I, I said, man, i got to straighten my life out. And I remember, I said, man, I'm going to join the National Guard. I didn't want to be all I could be, so I joined the Guard, amen. <laughs> yeah. 
I joined the guard and I went in there and, and I got in there and we got in there and, and boy, it's busy. You're, I mean, you don't have time for nothing. And uh, they're drilling you early to late and everything like that. Get you out of bed, more drilling. I mean, it was terrible, as many of you know. And uh, But there was a young man in there, uh, Middlebrooks, and uh, he didn't ever speak to me about Jesus, but he, with, with words. But what he was spoke so loud to me, I could not help but to see God all over him. He would read his Bible morning, nighttime, pray. He'd get on his knees and pray. Made an impact on me. I went to base uh, AIT school in Fort Lee, Virginia. I'd go out and smoke a cigarette before class, and this big uh, black. Uh, Fella, he was, he was big as that door. I mean, muscle. He'd be out there reading his little New Testament, and he'd say, Jesus is so precious to me. And I'd tell you, he was eating me up. I'd go out drinking on Friday and Saturday night on base. Man, I got under such conviction that I would have to leave the bar. And I'd get down beside my bunk, and I'd say, Lord, save me. I want to be saved. And I didn't know what, what it meant. But I got back home and went to went, went out partying again, went to jail. And this time I was going to go off to big jail for a while after that. And my court date was coming up and I can take you to the spot in the road where God said, no, you're not going to jail. You're going to hell. And I'm telling you, man, I knew I, this is it. Tonight is the night. I'm going to bust hell tonight. And I drove around all that Sunday Sunday afternoon trying to figure out, do I go to the Methodist church? And then there was this little Baptist church right down the road from the house. It had a sign hanging out, Revival in Progress. I didn't know anybody at that Baptist church. Didn't know anything about a Baptist. I just knew I'm going to bust hell wide open. And those people in that Methodist church can't help me. And I, I walked in that church, back that church that night. And there was a lady in the back. She said, boy, we sure are glad you're here tonight. And they kept me around with them all that night. And that young people got up that night and preached and uh, sang, the, sang the hymns, uh, sang the music that night. And tears were rolling down their face. And God, the Holy Ghost is hanging me out over hell, oh boy. I'm telling you, I'm a boy. Oh, God, I got to have something different going on here. And uh, man, the preacher got up. I'm telling you, he knew everything about me. His finger was pointed at me. I mean, it was just all about me. As a man, I ain't never met this guy before in my life. And uh, boy, he gave me an invitation. And I told them people, I said, let me out. And they thought I meant let me out the back. But I stepped off that third pew, stepped down and cried out, God, have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God. Made a change in my life. Nobody had to ask me to come back to church. I asked the preacher, I had my long hair on. I said, hey, when we do this again? He said, Wednesday night, and if you come at 5 o'clock, we feed you. They had a, you know, five like, hey, I was there, man. I was there. I showed up a little bit after that. I showed up a little bit after that. I said, boy. I want to look like everybody else. I went and got my hair cut. I ain't never heard nobody preach on that. Same thing about that. I'm telling you, Jesus changed my life. Never heard anybody say anything about listening to country music, rock and roll music. But I'm telling you, when I listen to that music, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God inside of me said, Hey, I don't make me happy. There's something better than all that stuff like it. I want to tell you, change my music. Amen. 
I tell you what he did for me. I tell you, before when I went through high school, I just I don't even barely remember high school. I went to high school about every day, fried out of my mind off drugs. But I'm telling you, I don't know how I passed the class. Tell you the truth, brilliant, I guess. But I tell you, after I got saved, I had an insatiable desire to learn the Word of God and the things of God. It's like, man, I want to know all I can know about God. I, I, it's, it's nothing like it, amen. Wow. People in school would say, they'd say, have you heard about Mike Comstock? He's a preacher. Mike Comstock? Ain't no way. And I ain't much of a preacher, but I thank God for the difference he made in my life. Amen. Love the Savior. Don't deny the Savior with your works. Amen. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient unto every good work, reprobate. Oh, boy. Don't want to be that way. We ought to love Jesus above everybody else. Jesus said in Luke 14, 25, and they went, went a great multitudes after him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father, that word hate there, by the way, is, is to mean means to love less. Not every time the word hate is used in the Bible does it mean that, but it does mean that there. It means to love less, because God doesn't tell you to love to hate your parents. It means love them less than you love Jesus. Amen. <laughs> So he said, and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus has got to be number one in your life. If we love him, we will do what he says to do. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. I remember my kids, we were in Nebraska, and I was learning how not to start a church. And uh, we were up there, y'all didn't get that, did you? We were up there, and uh, I remember my wife getting on to one of my kids, and uh, one of our kids, and, and she, was, she was getting on to the kids. She had them in the closet in there, and she said, she said, do you love me? And they said, they, they, they said, yes, I love you. And she said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I said, yeah, that's just like Jesus said that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we ought to love him. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. John 14, 24, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. 1 John 5, 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. I got to go to church. Man, we get to go to church, amen. I got to serve the Lord. We get to serve the Lord, amen. Our relationship to the word of God is a reflection of our relationship to the Son of God. It is impossible to love Jesus more than you love the Word of God. We can't see Him, but we have the very living Word of God in our hand. The devil has duped you if you believe this word is of no value. This is the living word of Jesus. If Jesus speaks to you, fellowships with you, touches you, does anything with you in your life, it will be in direct relationship to this book. This book is what Jesus uses to transform people. We're born by the word of God. Amen. We're fed by the word. Jesus 
This is a church that loves the Savior. I wonder if it gets down to it here in America. How many people will deny the name of the Lord Jesus? I believe after this COVID thing, I believe a lot will deny the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This has revealed what's going on in America. I'm telling you folks, it's exciting, exciting times right now. This ain't discouraging time. It's dark. It's getting darker. The lights are going to start shining bright. True, Christians are going to be revealed. Amen. God is going to put his hands on the, those that love the scriptures and love the Savior. He's going to open doors for that church. This is the church that loves the saints. This is the church at Philadelphia, amen. The city of brotherly love. John said this, John 1 John 3.11, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. John 13.35, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Over 20 times in the New Testament we find about loving one another. Peter said, and above all things have fervent charity. That means without, uh, without uh, change, without ceasing. Fervent charity. Charity that's on fire. Uh, and that word charity is, that is the word for love for, for God. Agape love. That heavenly love. That love from above. He said, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. And he's not talking about our sin with God because only the blood covers that. Yeah. He's talking about when we sin against each other. Yeah. How, can, how can it be that you can let somebody that sins against you in the church, how can you let that go? Because you have fervent charity, that's why. You don't let your heart get cold. This is one of the things that destroy churches. Is and Man, I'm telling you, I, I can tell you numerous churches that have this group's against that group and that group's against that group and, and, and all of them against this person here. I mean, this God ain't going to bless that. Right. You can stand up and have all the testimony services you want. You can have all the music and get the emotion worked up all you want. Right. But there will be no preaching. There will be no blessing of the word of God on the preaching. And lives will not be transformed. Amen. Right. You got to love each other. Paul said, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men. This church is a church that loves the sinner. This is why the Lord opened the door for in the first place. Because he wanted to use them. As I've already said, they had a little strength. It's no excuse for, for being lazy, amen. It doesn't matter if we until we got a dying breath, amen. What's old Billy Sunday? Y'all probably heard what he said. I'm on a, when he's talking about preaching against alcohol, you can actually pull this up online and actually hear him preaching this. He says that when, 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 when he's against prohibition, he said, uh, I'm going to a full prohibition. Is that right? Yeah, full prohibition, right? Yeah, my mind's over there. My mind's running around over here. Um, he said, I'm going to preach against al alcohol. He said, until I ain't got no more breath. And he said, I'm going to preach against it until I've lost all my teeth. And then I'm going to preach against it until I I'm going to gum it to death. And it just goes on and on. I'm going to preach against it, kick it, everything against it. And uh, that's the way we ought to be, though. We ought to, we ought, we ought to have strength. We, we ought, no matter what happens in our life, we ought to commit no matter what. I'm going to serve the Lord to my dying day. I don't know where all that came from, but you know, sometimes I'm going to attribute that to uh, that little spot they find on my head over here. <laughs> they love the sinner. And I want to tell you, this is one thing that's missing in our churches anymore. Yeah. Love for sinners. Wow. There ain't no love for sinners hardly anymore. 
I, I, I mean, I, I'm not perfect. I mean, I, there's too many times I, I'm, I'm cold. I, I'm not the witness I need to be. I'm not the witness I want to be. But I, but I, but I have down in my heart desire. I want to see God work. I want to see God save people. I want to see backsliders restored. Amen. I, I can't believe that I backslid on God, but I backslid on God. Like Pastor said, you might backslid on God. You can't, you can't enjoy it, and you cannot stay there. If you stay there, there'll come a time, a line somewhere. Where that if you step, if you don't st- repent, you've stepped across and you've committed the sin unto death, and it's all over with uh-huh. at that point. And I'm telling you, thank God He's had mercy on me. I thank uh-huh. Him. I thank Him so much for having mercy on me. And uh, let me get my life right. I, I bet Peter thanks God for it too. Amen. Uh-huh. And David, I bet he thanks God for it too. Amen. I want to see. I'm sure we have backsliders that are on the list of the name of this church. Surely there are. Every church has has backsliders. We need to pray that God. We'd have mercy on them, amen. Let me just quickly say this about this door, real quick. This door, this God set this before this door, this church, a door of opportunity. That's what this door is. It is a door of opportunity. Paul said, For a great door and effectual is open unto me. In Acts 14, 27, he said, And when they were come and gathered together, they rehearsed all the things that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. 2 Corinthians 2, 12, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened unto me. Look what he asked the church at Colossae to do. Colossians 4, 3, With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. We ought to be witnesses every single day. Church, we've got to be witnesses. We need to be on targeting. I, I was so blessed to hear Friday night uh, Brother Zeke's testimony and, and uh, we got talking about how he got saved and, and things were going bad in your life when he was lost and he was going downhill and, and he, he talked about how... how um, uh, Miss Kim had spoke to uh, Miss Carol Lee, and uh, and invited him to church. And I think you spoke to him as well. And and isn't that amazing? Just happened to speak to him right there when their lives falling apart. Just happened yeah. to speak to him. Yeah. Hey, that's God. Amen. Hey, God, what he do? He hey he got him under conviction. Came a little bit. Went, went, didn't come back on Wednesday night under such conviction and had to walk through at the end of a business meeting, amen, and do business with Almighty God, amen. Wonderful, wonderful, amen. Being a witness for God, amen. Hey, have you ever had God tell you, speak, and you didn't? Oh, it's awful, 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 awful to not to, to not speak when God tells you to speak. I remember driving from Nebraska one time down to Kentucky. At that time, we were uh, we had we used to be members at Trace Creek, and we were coming down to go to Alabama. We would stop and stay over with with uh, brother Casey Ozenball over here at uh, the church over here. Wonderful, dear man, and and um, on the way down there was a. A, a house uh, and this fella sat on the on the porch every time we come by he would be sitting on that porch whatever month it don't matter what month I come by he would be sitting on that porch and one time God told me pull up in there and talk to him and I and I didn't do it and I didn't see him when I went back but the next time I come down and God said pull up in that church and I said man I mean pull up in and talk to him I wheeled that thing around <laughs> pulled my truck had Nebraska tags on my truck car and pulled up in there and said hey I know you're going to think this is crazy. 
but God Almighty told me to come by here and talk to you about Jesus. And uh, he said, well, I'm saved, but I'm not where I ought to be at with the Lord. I don't know what will happen to him, but I just know I did what God told me to do. And I, I can tell you a bunch of times I didn't do what God said me, told me to do. And I'll, I'll, I'll account for that one day. I'm telling you, folks, we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. We need to love. This is what it's all about is loving sinners. We've got room on our church pews, amen. We've got to have, we need more room now, amen. But what we need more than anything is people to be saved. Man, it'd be wonderful. It'd be like they were in old times. They even have air conditioner or heater and people, they'd have to have people coming out there and, and just sitting around all over the place to, 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 to hear the Word of God, amen. I'm telling you, God can do it again. I believe He can do it again. I believe God wants to do it again. I don't have anything to do with the last days. God wants to save anybody. God wants to save people. Yes, He does. He sent His only begotten Son on the cross to die for sinners. He didn't say, this is good until the end times. No, this is good until there is no more time. Amen. It's a door of opportunity. It's a door of opposition. Don't you think God, the devil is going to sit back and let, it, let us just do what we want to do here? There's going to be somebody trying to shut the door. Always somebody going to try to shut the door. We got to keep on, amen. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, Paul said, and there are many adversaries. But it's a, thank God it's a door of omnipotence, amen. He said, I'll open the door and no man can shut it. I can shut it and no man can open it, amen. Nobody can shut that door till God does, amen. Pastor, I appreciate the opportunity to preach tonight. I appreciate y'all's attention tonight. The Lord bless you.